Frankie boy, you ready to go? Showtime, showtime. Connecting and we're connected. Give her a play. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm groggy. Damn it, maybe you should bleep that F word so we don't get monetized, demonetized. Holy smokes, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. A little too much of the devil's lettuce last night. So I'm going to put a little bit more toxicity in my body and grab myself a little energy drink. Mind if I do. Alright everyone. Let's get that posture cranked up. We got everyone's favorite guest is back. We got Frank in the house. Thanks for coming on again, Frank. I appreciate it. You can talk into the mic whenever you want to talk. If not, no biggie, okay? All right, episode 83. And guys, I got a short free newsletter that comes out every week, every Thursday, if you want to. Um, it'll be in the bio and you can subscribe to it. And it's just gems throughout the week that I think can maybe help people help up-and-coming athletes, whatever it is. Um, a short short newsletter, it's in the bio, and you just uh, put your email in, and then it'll send you one every week. It's really good, and I'm enjoying doing it. Oh, uh, yeah, last night, last night, Mariah fixed me up two cheese chicken quesadillas, and that might have been a little bit too much. When I eat too much cheese or sugar... Then I sleep talk sometimes. I start sleep talking and I start cussing out shit in my sleep. I don't know what's going on there. So I'll maybe have to look into that. Also, dealing with some plantar fasciitis in the foot. If you're an athlete, then you might know what that is. It's when the arch in your foot collapses. And I've been trying to run a lot lately and do some stuff and... Plantar fasciitis is back, but I have a lot of ways to counter it. I put this little sleeve over it. I roll it out. I, I order this little thing on Amazon that you sleep, and it pulls your toes back. And plantar fasciitis is not something to mess around with. So in the news today, you hear many people talking about banks going under. Jay? Just in that Jorge Masvidal pod. That's about it. That's a little scary, isn't it? You think you're comfortable. You're like, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable. I'm pretty safe for a little bit. And then you find out you have no, the money's gone. Your money is gone. Mm -hmm. Can you even imagine? Ain't got much in there, G. So I ain't that worried. <laughs> ain't no baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. Well, let's not focus on that kind of shit. Because that'll stress us out. Let's uh, let's go to a little James Clear this week. See if we can um, get a couple gems here. But we got a hell of a show. Hell of a show for you today. Number one from James Clear. Your problems adjust to their true level of importance after a hard workout and a good night of sleep. Man, isn't that the truth? If you're deprived on sleep or you haven't worked out for a while, 
the most small problem could just it could just seem like a huge problem in your mind a huge problem you're stressing about it you get a good night's sleep you get a hard push in a workout and then you're like ha ah, all right it's not too bad i like that one okay number two if you want to be rich then be kind it's hard to create wealth unless you work well with others and it's hard to work well with others if you are unlikable even if you can build wealth without kindness, rich jerks end up poor in friendship. You can buy friends, but not good ones. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, good relationships with your friends, good relationships with your family, with your partner, it just it can't be beat, for sure. Okay, number three, a phrase I heard recently and found useful, I, regree, I agree with the idea, but I disagree with the tone. Many ideas get dismissed because they are delivered in a cocky or hostile or dismissive tone or because of who delivers them. Separate substance from style. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, sometimes teachers when they, through school, they start, they start, they teach you in the wrong tone. And I'm automatically thinking, no matter even what they're teaching me, when they're teaching me in a, in a, in a tone that it's like they're, they're almost talking down to me or whatever, then I'm thinking, fuck you. So, tone matters. Okay, quotes from others. Scientists, scientist and systems engineer Donnell Williams on intellectual humility and learning from others. Remember always that everything you know and everything everyone knows is only a model. Get your model out there where it can be viewed. Invite others to challenge your assumptions, to add their own. Decent, decent. How about Max Ehrman offers some words for life. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have to be right. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. With all its shams, drudgery, and broken dreams, it's still a beautiful world. Be cheerful. Strive to be happy. Okay, a little too deep. A little too deep maybe for our listeners, but no problem there. Question for you, is what I'm about to do today connected to what I'm going to value over the long term? Yes, it is. Yes, it is, because I enjoy podcasting. I hope to be podcasting forever. I enjoy it, and uh, I'm always looking to improve. I'm reading this new book. It's called Make Noise, The Art of Podcasting or something, and I'm getting a lot of good uh, tips and gems out of there. So... I listened to a, a, a podcast recently with uh, Naval and Tim Ferriss. Naval Ravikant, he wrote The Almanac of Naval. And if you haven't read that book, I highly suggest everyone reads that book because it's so good. There's so many gems in it. Okay, here's a, little, here's a little clip from it, and then we'll talk about it. Try to stay with me here. It's a little deep. There's a Calvin and Hobbes where Calvin has this box that becomes a universal constructor. And he starts making copies of himself. So he turns the box upside down, he opens it up, and another Calvin comes out. And so he commands this Calvin to do his homework. And then he creates another Calvin, and that Calvin has to go and do his chores. And sure enough, what he ends up with is a whole bunch of Calvins who are all playing video games and eating food, and none of them actually want to do the chores or the homework, because these are the AGIs, these are Calvins. And so, yes, yes. disobedience is a big one. I will say your, your philosophy has had a huge difference for me on child raising. And I have now realized that it is more important, even through this conversation, it is more important that I have a disobedient child than an obedient child or an yes. educated or learned or whatever I may think is the right set of things because it is fundamentally that disobedience that allows the creativity to come up with new ideas. And it's that creativity that separates us from the robots and the automatons and all of the other things that the universe is full of. 
What do you think of that, Jay? Isn't that interesting? Pretty good. Uh, disobedience. So if you have someone who's disobeying, that's where creativity comes about. When they're not just being robots to the system. So if you have a kid who's disobeying, like I say in college, when I dropped out of college, I kind of disobeyed my parents. I disobeyed my parents. Well, even in seventh grade, when I decided to live with my dad, and not be Jehovah's Witness anymore, I kind of disobeyed my mom. And it led me kind of where to, where I'm at now. And dropping out of college, your parents just want what's best for you. So they just says, go to college, go to college. You're going to end up, fighters don't end up with anything. Um, but I disobeyed and created this this academy that we have here. So that that's pretty interesting. If you have everyone who never disobeys, then you're going to have a place like North Korea where it's just, you don't, you just listen. You just listen and turn into a robot. But I like that outlook. That is a podcast from Naval and this David Deutsch guy on uh, Tim Ferriss. They go, they go really deep. They go really deep talking about AI. Is that recent or is that an older one? It's brand new. Oh, really? They talk about AI and how AI really won't be a huge problem until AI is able to disobey. Once they're able to disobey and tell you to fuck off, I'm not doing what you want me to do, then, uh, then we're going to have some issues. Have you been seeing all those clips of like, They'll take a random, like, Kanye's voice and make a brand new song, but it's all AI. No, I haven't seen that. I've been seeing it a lot, like, on Twitter and TikTok. I think I have been seeing that with Biden. Yeah, like, it's fake. Even, like, the pictures, you see that Donald Trump getting arrested one? Like, that's all AI. Wow. And at first, people thought it was real, but they're like, no, like, it's AI. So they're making, like, pictures that look really real and, well, and voices and, like, songs that that's never happened. Frankie Smoke. Isn't that crazy? Smoke or no? Imagine, like, they could take your voice and make, like, uh, something super, like, saying it fucked up and then release it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, but it almost it almost covers you up a little bit when, if you get cancel culture, and they're like, you said this. And it's, no, I fucking didn't. Uh, yeah, that no, was like, AI. Yeah. <laughs> that was AI. So I've been watching a little bit of Henry Cejudo's videos. They've been popping up on my YouTube algorithm. You subscribe or no? I don't, I don't, don't subscribe. <laughs> but I, I am interested in what he said. He's just a... I mean, he has, has accomplished a lot, but when I see him, when I see his videos, I see who he's training with, and he's not training with very competitive people. It doesn't look like in the videos anyway. And then he's just overthink. In my mind, it's just like they look like a bunch of dorks. He's trying to get so like analytical. If this person moves left here, then I'm going to move my left foot here. And if this person moves right here, I'm going to move my right foot. And if this person jabs here, then I'm going to... It's like, dude, you get, I mean, it, he is triple C, but you start to get that technical and then you got to fight someone like Sugar who doesn't even, he's switching stances constantly. He's way far away from you. Uh, you're going to have some issues. That's why I'm just praying we get that fight. But Henry seems confident that he's going to beat up Aljo. And it's crazy. Just styles make matches. Yeah, but when I see their vlogs, I'm like, man, he's just really dissecting every single step and forgetting it's a fist fight and random shit happens in fist fights. Um, yeah. What else is going on here? What the fuck else is going on here? Oh, I was talking about in that, that, uh, Naval pod too, the, how the disobedience that's, that's be humans being disobedience. That's what separates us from robots. Okay. They also talk about in that pod 
um, trying to find your passion or trying to, for young people out there, trying to decide what they should focus on. And if you listen, if you always listen to your parents, yes, your parents want best from you, but times are changing. They want you to go to college, just become a part of the system and, and, and pay your bills, go into debt and pay your bills. But their advice on that podcast was to find what, what are your interests? What is your, what is your interest? And there, there should be your focus right there. Learn as much as you can about that. Try to surround yourself with people, of, experts of that area. Try to study people that are already successful in that area. Within five to ten years, people will be paying you for, for advice. And then that will be your life. And I thought that was a, a good advice for young bucks. Figure out what your interests are and focus on that and try to work hard towards that and try to learn everything about it. I thought that was good. Okay, another question I've been get, kind of getting. Uh, jiu-jitsu in street fights. Jiu-jitsu versus street fights. If you if you just do jiu-jitsu and then you're going to get in a street fight, there's just so many different variables in a fight that can happen. Like there's just too many different variables. But if you're in jiu-jitsu and you think you can just fuck someone up, you better be careful because there's concrete. And there's people that you don't think that are very explosive that are very explosive. You could see some little fat ass who's who's five foot, whatever, however tall, and think he's just going to be some schlub, but he unleashes a couple nasty hooks on you, and you're like, holy fuck, and he lights you up. And in the cardio for a fight, a real fight especially, is so much different than cardio for just uh, jiu-jitsu where you, where you know the partner's not going to hurt you. You know if they catch you in a submission, you can tap and you're okay. There's concrete, there's shit around you. You don't know how tough this person is. You don't know how scrappy it is. So, so the conditioning, your heart will go zero to 190 within 20 to 30 seconds. And if you're not ready for that, and if you're not comfortable making good decisions when your heart rate's that high, then you're just going to be bucking and flopping around like a fish. And in a street fight, you need to be ready for the unexpected. Um, so I think it's important for even jujitsu athletes if that's what you're kind of wanting to do it for is self-defense, I think it's important that you get into some striking classes. You get into some striking classes and learn a good stance, learn to have good balance from your stance, learn to keep your hands up, learn to bring your hands back to your faces, your face, and then learning to cover the distance, cover the distance and grab a hold of the person and maybe get on top of them. But a street fight versus jujitsu is a big thing. If you get two people, but if you get two people the same athleticism, the same athleticism and the same scrappiness, the person that knows jujitsu is probably going to win. As soon as you grab a hold of them, they have an idea of where they're going when the person that doesn't have any experience in jujitsu, they're just guessing. And when you're guessing in different positions and you're just bucking around, you're going to get tired and you're going to make a mistake. And then that person will be either on mount or on your back choking you out. So you've been enjoying... Uh, you been enjoying striking, Jay? Yeah. At first, it's like with anything, just being brand new, you're just you're supposed to suck, obviously. But it's been cool. Like every class, I get a little bit more comfortable, just kind of obviously throwing, kicking. Mm -hmm. it's, it's super fun though. It's like it's a whole nother thing. Makes me appreciate like people that like are in MMA way more. You know? Like, oh yeah. It's like whoa. It's like when you see that shit, you think, oh, you like you know, same. You're kind of dumb to it. I can do that shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you think it's really simple. You just throw punches out there. Yeah. But it's a whole nother yeah. art. It is. There's been, I mean, times throughout my kind of like career or whatever that I've just been obsessed with boxing and I would study it and I would study all the boxers and study Canelo and watch it and then try to implement it in training and then study kickboxers and then then just watch wrestling, watch wrestling at the highest level and what positions are dominating and and then just study jujitsu, studying all the martial arts. Everyone is so, so uh, like detailed, so detailed and so in-depth. But when's I think the last time you hit the bag, man? Me and Shane, I put I strapped up my gloves yesterday. Oh, did you? Strapped up my gloves, put my mouthpiece in, and Sean and I were pecking around uh, in the cage for probably cool. thirty minutes. So it's feeling good. My shoulders feeling good again. I'm starting to able to punch again. And it feels good. It feels good. But yeah, definitely, if they're throwing those punches again, makes me it's like, oh yeah, damn. I used to really, really love striking for a long time. Um. Okay, so we got some questions here on my Patreon. Patreon.com slash RedHawkAcademy. There is years of content up there. Years. Probably over four years of content. A lot of it's not released ever. So if you want to get on there, I, I reply to all the messages on there. There's um, discounts to the Thorn Supplements. You get, I think, 30% off the Thorn Supplements if you're with the $10 tier. Then you get some discounts on merch, and then I do giveaways all the time. So I'm thankful for all my Patreon people. So here's some questions. Actually, real quick before. Frank, have you been staying busy with work? Have you been staying busy with work? Have you been? Good. Okay, good. Okay, Daniel Mooney says, financial budgeting and literacy. How did you manage your money when you didn't have much? I'm not the one to ask about that because when I didn't have much, I I literally would I – would, I would, my bank account would go down to almost zero. A couple times it did go to zero dollars, and then I'd fight, and then money would go back in, a couple thousand. And then I'd spend it all till my next fight, almost down to zero. A couple thousand would come in. Spend it all, a couple thousand would come in. So I wasn't very good at budgeting back then. But now I've gotten a little bit better at budgeting. Like For a while, it's just like you don't let your account go below this. A couple months later, okay, I'm not going to let my account go below this now. But it's everyone's financial situation is different. I'm not the one to talk about uh, financials, really. Jay, how you been doing with your financials? Dude, every time I try <laughs> to say, bro, something always happens. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Some, like, emergency thing happens, you know? And I have to. Mm -hmm. I have no choice but to, like, spend it. Yeah. Well, thankfully, you're in a spot where you have it to spend. Yeah, that's true. I always think about it, too. Is that at least I have it, you know? Like, I yeah. used to. So, but I'm trying to do better, save a little bit. Yeah, because isn't that what uh, what's her face said on your your reading? Yeah, when I got my reading, like from the what is she called? Like a just a reader, right? Yeah, she just said in this lifetime you have to learn how to uh, manage your money because you're like she basically sound really bad with money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's like this lifetime, just learn, put money away, don't like blow it, you know. Yeah, but but it's crazy that she said that, you know, because it's yeah. true. One thing you're good about, you don't have a car payment. Yeah. You didn't you don't have big responsibilities with kids. Mm -hmm. Um you're not buying things that you're just gotta have a payment every month just because you yeah. can. So so in that way you're pretty smart. You don't have a lot of overhead like that. True. Vic Romero, Dr. Dabber or Volcano, which would you prefer? It's different for everyone. I think if you've got some good some good stuff for that dabber, I think it can be good. I don't like to get that fucked up on the dabber, so I like the volcano. It's not as not as harsh. So I prefer the uh, volcano. 
LL Puff Daddy, how to initiate sex with your partner? Like, how do you start the conversation with your girlfriend that ends in s- with smashing biscuits instead of just saying, hey, let's bang? <laughs> Jay, how do you do it? Start rubbing her back, kissing her a little bit. All right. Then start rubbing. Yeah, I, li- I like to just smack her ass. Really? And say, Fuck, that ass is looking fat. <laughs> That's what you tell Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> um, She's like, stop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean. Well, I sometimes they're not in the mood or sometimes it'll be vice versa. Have you ever not been in the mood and she has? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes after training. Yeah, for sure. But just, yeah, maybe just being flirty and, t- and touching them a little bit. It's just with, with girls, with guys, it's like, okay, we're rocked up. We're ready to just fuck, whatever. Let's go. With girls, they want to warm up. They want to just feel yeah. you flirting with them, maybe kissing on their neck a little bit, like you said, touching them, touching them a little bit, taking your time and just teasing them a little bit. will get them, I think, a little bit more horned up than just saying "let's fuck." And it's it's when you live together for so long, it's hard to to do that. You're seeing that person when they're waking up. You're seeing them at their worst all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to. But it's way different from like when it's a girl you don't really know you haven't hung out with that much or it's your first time hanging out like how do you initiate that because when you're talking about your girlfriend you've been with forever yeah well when it's a new girl it's pretty easy to initiate is it i feel like it's i think hard. it is i don't think it is because in my situation the girl usually knows i'm not really looking okay. for a girlfriend you set not, it up like that yeah i set it up and they kind of know like hey i'm not really trying to wife you baby yeah 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 <laughs> Okay, Zane Johnson, there's always a discussion about morning routines. How about competition routines? Ways to direct negative thoughts before competition, developing a killer alter ego before competition, instilling the thought into athletes you don't that you don't lose, you learn. Um, I talk about this in this new the newsletter that's coming out. And everyone wants everyone just hopes you can tell them something that's just gonna change and like there's a like there's a hack to doing it, but it's really not the the on competition day, you're either going to be confident or you're not, and it's just going to be based on the weeks before, the six weeks, the eight weeks before. How hard did you push yourself in training? Because if you didn't push yourself in training and you try to sit out rounds, you try to skip rounds, you try to get easy rounds, now competition day's there, and you have a bunch of guys that are hungry and prepared, then there's nothing you can do that's going to make you confident. So it's just important to train hard and just be ready. Put yourself through hard training. When you're fucking tired and exhausted and you feel like you don't have nothing left, look around the room and say, okay, who's going to give me another good go? Who's going to push me and push my limits? Maybe they're going to beat me. That's okay. It's not always important to win in practice. In practice, that's the time to try shit, to shoot, to try submissions you're not used to, and uh, to take risks in practice because it's okay. People aren't keeping track of their wins at practice. They're just not. They're not going home and posting them on Facebook. Oh, I subbed what's-his-face today at practice three times. It doesn't matter. Have you been noticing some improvements? Uh, Wednesday, Jay, mm-hmm. uh, you were doing a good job at just shooting. Who cares if you get caught in a guillotine? Yeah. If you get caught in a guillotine 100 times, you're going to start learning, okay, I shoot, they grab my neck, I'm going to start passing on the right side and getting the timing on passing the guillotine. But if you never shoot in practice because you're scared to get caught in practice, yeah. you're never going to get good at that position. Yeah, I always think of that too. When I, Even when I first joined here, I obviously didn't wrestle at all, and you taught me like how to wrestle. And then now to, yeah, being confident or just taking those risks, like, fuck it, if I get caught, I get caught. But sometimes it's good when you're like, you yell, like, don't, who cares, who cares? So then I'll yeah. be more like, all right, let me just fuck it, let's shoot. Yeah, and I think there's a time, I mean, competition training, there's a time where you should try to win. 
whatever i'm gonna yeah. try to win that's what competition training is for but classes at night when we're just going live that's the time to take risks and try it and fail and fail and fail and fail and just start to get good at different positions that you're not used to for sure so zane johnson yeah check out the newsletter zane i talk a lot about that i think it'll help jack balancing budget while you're trying to optimize your setup i mean everyone's just so different with their budget but doing the best you can. Some diet recovery tools, they're not super expensive. Some are expensive. So maybe you can just start throughout your life, start saving. Maybe you can buy a little scraper here and there. Maybe you can buy an inversion table, a foam roller, and just add it up throughout the years. You're not going to be able to, most people aren't going to be able to buy it and afford it all at once. A cold plunge, red light, all the expensive shit. So just do the best you can and, and find the stuff that you can afford at that at that time and um Car carlson simmons i've been thinking about starting jiu-jitsu is it best to do gi or no gi depends your gym if your gym has more no gi and they focus more on no gi start with no gi but if they focus more on gi and they have a gi curriculum do the gi for us i i if you're brand new we have so many beginners classes on the schedules i would i recommend you do no gi i mean gi come in and we have more of a curriculum for that and you can learn how to break fall you can learn how to shrimp you can learn how to do this but if people say us we only have well we have five no geese two are invite only three are monday wednesday and friday night those aren't really the best classes to come and learn the absolute basics in because i have a bunch of advanced guys that we need to do some more advanced stuff you think we'll ever do like a beginner no gi yeah class eventually oh for sure for sure i mean we could add that we could add that soon if you wanted Devin Riggs, have you always been into health and wellness, or is it something that you developed over time? When you and Mariah got together, were you both into that kind of stuff, or did one get the other into it? Yeah, we definitely, when Mariah and I met, we weren't into like health and stuff. We would just eat shit. We'd fucking eat cinnamon rolls. But I didn't, yeah, I didn't know how to eat good. No one taught me how to eat good, but I, I was fighting. So then I was actively looking. I remember I found the Dolce diet, three weeks to shred it. That's one of the first things I found. And then I started learning how to eat healthy a little bit more. And then we found Paul Check, and we learned about organic quality foods and just kind of put us on the path to, damn, whatever you fill your body with, that's the kind of output you're going to have. Um, so, yeah, we've definitely grown together in that area. We weren't always like that. Slowly, over time, we started learning and implementing more. And now it's kind of like a lifestyle, but still, we still eat shit. I mean, she, we made she made some pizzas this weekend. We still eat some random shit sometimes. So, Sean M, strengthening relationships with your friends more so relationships with your friends that you don't click with as much, as well as your friends who are closer with. Also, how to approach your friends who are, are your roommates about things they do that bother you, such as making messes and not cleaning up etc much love jobins yeah that's a tough one it's got to be the right time the the time to do it isn't when you guys are both edgy already and you can feel you're both edgy and then you just bring it up to make it more of an explosion explosion maybe the time to do it is when you guys are both in a good mood having fun and then you just joke about it maybe you joke about it say god damn it i wish you cleaned up more brother and smile at them and see what they say or if you guys are real friends, you should be able to talk about that stuff and maybe get in a little scuffle about it. But then after, 
guys go work out, you go do something, then you should be okay. You should be able to repair that friendship if it's a real friendship. But if something small like that ruins a friendship, then it's like it probably wasn't really a real friendship anyway. Jesse Shemansky. Would you rather work the first job you ever worked for the rest of your life or marry the first girl you ever had sex with? Fuck. Probably marry the first girl I ever had sex with. I can't fucking be, um, what is it called? I can't wash Harley Davidson's for the rest of my life. Well, that was one of my first jobs. Uh, actually, first job, Tyrama. Fuck that. Ah, fuck that. Just changing the tires, working with these, these 40, 50-year-old grumpy-ass dudes, and I'm in the back of the warehouse hiding in a pile of tires, trying to get time to, time to tick. And then they call me to say, hey, Tim, move this car off the lift. I'm like, all right, no problem. They jump in the car, and it's a, it's a foreign car. So I think, I think it's an automatic. So I just try to fire her up. And the stick shift's on the side of the fucking, um, on the side of the console thing. And I start that thing up, and it, and it start, it's in first gear. So it, it bucks itself right off that lift. And I smash into the tire machine and the guy, the old cranky guy who hates me, I almost killed him because that tire machine saved his life. And, and the car slams into that and that guy's shaking like this. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And then they sent me home and they sent me to get a marijuana test. They thought I was high. Thankfully, I wasn't. Throughout high school, I was really against weed. But yeah, the tireama job, hell no. First girl I had sex with, yeah, she can be one of my wives. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of our training partners, uh, Josh Demas, was on the new seasons of Love is Blind. He didn't make it. He didn't find his perfect match at the beginning, but I think they bring him back, and he causes some drama. So we'll see kind of drama comes about there. But I wonder you, if he went into it like, okay, I'm a TV show, like, let me be a character, or was he for real looking for love? Yeah, I don't know. Because you ever watch any of the Love is Blind? Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Huh? <laughs> they're funny. Holy, they're funny. And then they come out, and they meet each other, and some of those girls, like, some of those girls are so conniving, dude. I know. Seducers, huh? And they're just playing the game, and they're cute, and it's just like, oof, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Okay, Roger. I are you dropping new Red Hawk shirts for the summer? Yes, I am. I actually have some new ones coming out on that'll be available at the gym and stuff. But I'm actually going to start for the rest of this year. I'm going to do three drops on uh, SugarShop.co of the Red Hawk merch, and they got the designers. I I posted them on Patreon for a vote which ones. We got some sweet stuff coming up, and we'll do three drops for the re over the span of these next three months or the rest of the year. On his site, so it'll be sweet. Okay, Jared Fleeties. Good morning. Not sure how to deal with toxic parents. I avoid my negative friends, but it's difficult to do with your parents. I was kicked out of my house at 15. Friends, couches, homeless. Until I put myself through college. Married a beautiful woman who is a NICU doctor. And now we have a two-year-old daughter. I'm, going, I'm doing well in life, and my parents want to be grandparents to my daughter. However, they are toxic and negative. Do I cut them out? I would say, Jared, you're adult now. 
you're an adult now. I think you could sit with your parents and say, hey, I love you guys. You're my parents. But these are the stuff that I don't want you, I don't want around my kid. These are the toxic things. And if it really hurts their feelings and it pisses them off and they said, I'm going to do that anyway, Jared, it's like, well, well, maybe you can't hang out with my kid then. Because that's your kid, you're an adult, and you should be able to talk to them at this point and say, hey, these are some things that I don't, I don't like that you guys do. I love you guys. I love you guys. You're my parents. But these things I do not want my kid to be around. And hopefully that helps out, Jared. Joel Martinez, opinion on dab pens. I feel they're a very convenient way to smoke, get high, but I also know they're probably not the best for you. I'm smoking my dab pen every night before bed. How bad am I fucking up my body? What do you think? Hard to say, Joel, but I, I just think in those pens, they just add shit. I think they add shit that's probably not good for you, and it's probably not the best to just smoke before bed. I'm no expert in that area. But I think they do have like live rosin pens that are better than others. But like I said, I don't know shit about that. But if you're just smoking it and, and putting it into your lungs and just getting super high before bed, it'd probably be best to maybe wean off. Brendan Schlipp. Knowing you're a big fan of Kill Tony, would you and Sugar ever want to do be a guest on a Kill Tony episode? I know Jake Shields was on one of you guys. Be killer guest. Also, who's your favorite regular on the show? Um, I don't know if I'd want to go on. I think Ch Sh Sugar would be good on there. I'd watch. I'd go and watch and support, but I'd be nervous. I'd be too nervous. Uh, favorite guest? I like. I love when William Montgomery's on. He's funny. He's super funny. But Tony Hinchcliffe, he just does such a good job at hosting that show. He's fucking good at it. Okay, Jacob Berger, how much strength and conditioning do you think is necessary on top of your BJJ and striking training? Also, do you think it's necessary to train twice a day in order to get good enough to become a professional in BJJ or MMA? Uh, depending on your athleticism and depending how, on how well you learn, if you want to be professional in jiu-jitsu and MMA, you probably need to train twice a day. I've seen people that can train once a day that are freak athletes, they can go pretty far, but still, you probably need to train, train uh, twice a day. Strength and conditioning, that's another one. It's like, how are you a pretty natural explosive athlete? Are you, are you a pretty healthy person? And I would say spend more time on your techniques and start to try to become efficient when you're striking, efficient with your energy when you're striking, efficient with your energy with jiu-jitsu and wrestling, and then putting it all together and being efficient and finding spots finding spots especially beginning in jiu-jitsu you got to be fi find spots to rest you got to know what spots are good to rest in maybe i'm on top half guard with a head and arm control maybe rest a little bit i'm in side control and i got this guy pinned i just passed their guard maybe rest a little bit and try to cook them a little bit or mount or the back the spots to rest so at the beginning trying to find spots to rest but then that's the same with everything with kickboxing with uh mma you're just trying to find spots almost to Make it seem like you're working, but you're kind of resting because that's one of the biggest things. So I'd, I, I would say, I've always said technique, if you train more jujitsu, train more striking, it's going to be better than lifting, but it is nice to have the horsepower. And if you get injured a lot and you're injury prone, maybe it's good, it'd be good to lift twice a week just to keep you healthy. Ian Schuler. 
Have you tried those day trip euphoria via hemp gummies? They say 100 milligrams, 70 milligrams THC each. What is it like? I haven't tried one of those. Those are too high dose for me. If I take a 10 milligram edible, I'm fucked up. It's too much. So I haven't tried those. Some people, it's so weird. Just Some people deal with THC different than others. I like this new weed I'm smoking. It's a low THC, high CBD. So you you can still think clearly and you can still be, be uh, do some good shit. You can not just sit there couch locked. Um. Okay. Harry Galvin, how much time should you take in between amateur fights? Hard to say, Harry. When I was 18 to 19, I had 10 amateur fights. 10 amateur MMA fights when I was 18 to 19. I was just like, I'm healthy. Let's fight because I want the belts. I wanted the belts in both those amateur promotions. So I knew I needed to fight a lot to get those. Tucker Sudnick, what's your favorite podcast to listen to in order to get your mind prepared or ready? There's a handful of different ones. There's a Finding Mastery podcast by Michael Gervais. He's had a lot of he's had a lot of good people on. I like Tim Ferriss, some of the guests he's had on, some of Jocko Willing's podcasts. Uh, there's too many to too many to mention, but there's a couple for you. What's your most unpopular opinion? Like, what's something you think the majority of people would disagree with you on? Curious to see what the boys say too. That's a that's a good question, Buchis. What's an unpopular opinion for you, Jay? Fuck, I don't know. I think I never really thought of that unpopular opinion. Where most people in society would be like, what the fuck? I don't think you need to be like, make crazy money to be happy, I guess. Right? Yeah, I think that's good. Because like, I feel like I'm pretty happy and I'm not like crazy. Like, obviously I'm not rich, but like, I enjoy my life, you know? Mm. So, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of people think that, you know, you got to be like a millionaire or something to be happy. Yeah. And they see a lot of people with nice cars and nice yeah. houses and all this stuff, but then they have no idea what those people's like life is like back door, uh, behind closed doors. Yeah, even like when we meet people like that are in that status, even like super famous, mm-hmm. or have a lot of money, and I could just tell like, yo, they're not. I I would I feel like I'm more happier than this person. You know yeah. what I mean? They got a lot of anxiety stress. going on, stress, and then you maybe they're making them money at that at that point in their life and then they they up their lifestyle so big that they have to maintain that amount of money and then if they don't they're gonna start getting depressed and yeah it's a tricky game i I think that's good an unpopular opinion i would just say unpopular opinion would be for me is going to college i mean if you're going to college to be a doctor and you want to do that cool you want to be a lawyer cool but other than that if you're not sure what you want to do i just think don't go to college. And I think that's becoming more of a popular opinion. Um, yeah. And then for me, I mean, monogamy maybe, but I think, I think monogamy and, and having one partner for the rest of I think it's good for a lot of people, but good for most people. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the one way though. I don't think it's the one way you can have a relationship and it's like this. And it's like this. This is the contract. You sign that contract. You do your vows, and that's the way. I think that's a little bit old school. I think everyone should be able to kind of form the relationship, how work, what works best for them. That's probably unpopular. Dinero, money currency. Before comprehending the importance of water hydration, what type of water were you drinking? 
I was drinking really anything, just bottled water, bottled water that would just sit in plastic. Who knows how long could sit in a warehouse for months and just be getting cooked and hot and having that plastic leak into that water. Um, yeah, I would just really kind of drink anything until I learned about it. What would you do if your kid, first kid is allergic to dogs? Well, two of our dogs are hypoallergenic. They're the poodles, so they don't shed a lot. That would suck, though. That would fucking suck. Because I love those goddamn poodles. Okay. NZMR Charlie. Subtimbo, big love from New Zealand, brother. I saw you had a wee staff sore a few weeks ago or minor skin infection. Is staff the elephant in the room of jujitsu that doesn't get talked about? Recently, my gym had a rough wave of staff. It's settled down now, but 10 members had pretty bad sores with some having to go on IV antibiotics Ugh. and use hospital-level soaps. The gym is brand new and gets cleaned before and after use. As a beginner, I hadn't even really considered considered skin infections can you discuss the issue thanks Jobin. i think it goes around i think i think if you're going to be training on the mats and person sweating on you for years and years and years you're eventually going to get a ringworm or a staff but i think people hear that and they freak out but it's like you put a little cream on it if it's staff then you take some antibiotics and it goes away in a couple days but for me i just was i researched what's the best soap that kills everything and it was defense soap so I got defense soap, and then I threw away all the old mop heads, got new mop heads, and now it seems like it's kind of getting cleared up. But I fucking hate when that happens, too. It's annoying, but it's just part of it. Part of it, and the earlier you can get on top of it, the better. And maybe NZM Charlie, maybe talk to your professor about it. Say, hey, I'll, I'll clean the mats. Can we get some good soap and some nice mops, and I'll clean the mats? And take it in your own hands, maybe. Steven, would you recommend an athlete to use the lung opener Shug uses before training? He sh he swears by it. He fucking loves it. He loves that thing. He, do he does it ev before every practice. Uh, I haven't messed around with it. Gino. Gino Forte. Hey, Tim and JX and whoever else may be there. I want to ask you about a time in your life that you ever felt lost. Currently feeling stuck here in Ireland thinking of making the jump to a new country and starting things fresh any advice for a 25 year old that isn't 100 percent sure what he's meant to be doing with his life gino i said that earlier figure out your interest gino and then try to surround yourself with experts and study them and and really that should be your that should be your uh your guide right there what are your interests because i'm pretty sure gino you're a young buck oh yeah 25 years old young buck in 10 years you'll be 35 and you could become an expert at whatever you start right now and focus on completely um, i'm not sure what it's like over there in ireland though james shush what would you say jay if he's stuck 25 years old probably same thing because i feel like that's where i was when i was working at a call center i was like super depressed but i knew like Obviously, I was like, man, I'm out of shape. I've been wanting to learn how to defend myself, and I just happened to start going to the gym, working out, and then jujitsu gym, and then one thing led to another. So, yeah. James Seuss, advice when you're having a hard time cutting out sugar? It is fucking hard, dude. It is hard. Completely cutting out sugar, too. It's like, so you're not going to do any fruit. 
So you're not going to do any honey. So you're not going to do any of that stuff. Or be like, I, I can do honey. I can do fruit. And stick away from white sugar. Maybe that could be your goal at first. Zevias or what? Hit Zevias. I haven't been hitting Zevias much, really? as much. Actually, I had one yesterday, the ginger ale kind. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, Zevias are good. They fill your stomach a little bit, and they're a little bit sweet. Some people don't like the taste of Stevia, though. I don't mind it. Okay, Sam Ledbetter. Big love here from... Big love here, Red, from the UK. Just wondering if you've ever thought about traveling over here and doing a seminar. Would love, love to be taught by one of the great minds. Keep up the good work, love in your content. Yeah, Sam, I, I mean, maybe in the future... Maybe in the future we'll do that. Go over to the UK and do a little seminar for the people. Justin Lathy, are you boys still coming out to Boston for the live pod? I still, we're supposed to jump on the call with that guy. We're both nervous about that. A live pod. Um, we'll probably eventually do it. Wait, why are you, why are you nervous to do it? <laughs> Say I, some I think shit. it would be fine. I think it would be I fine. I think so too. I think it would be fine. We, we could do it and it would do it. But the thing about the podcast especially the Timbo Sugar Show, it's not really our main focus. We're focused on so much other stuff. Mm -hmm. When fighting is done, then we'll be able to focus on the podcast. We'll be able to travel and do guests and make it more of like, okay, this is one of our main jobs. Right now, it's just like show up, rip a pod. So down the road, because right now, right now, especially with Sean being in the top, it's like the focus has to be improving right now. You gotta, you're gonna have to fight fucking studs like Marab and Corey Sanhagen and these guys in this top. They're such animals. They're elite, the elite, most elite fighters in the world. So the focus has to be improving right now, improving strength, improving everything. If we're gonna compete with those guys, can't be like, okay, we're gonna travel here, we're gonna go do here, we're gonna fuck around here. It's like that's not the way to become the greatest of all time. So trying to keep the focus where it should be. Jake, what's up, Timbo and friends? What things will change or need to change when my fiance move in together? Thanks so much. Yeah, I mean, just watching that love is blind when they're they're saying I love you so much and we're going to plan our lives together. It's like you haven't even seen this person pissed off. You don't even know if this person can clean up after themselves. You don't know this person's parents. Their parents could be super close-minded, just like judgy, and then you could start seeing that in their their kid. So getting to know your partner really well and then being able to stay calm when they piss you off and not freak out and get up and fucking punch the wall and just blah. And being able to communicate and say, if they say something that pisses you off, be like, this is what I just heard. When you said that, this is what I heard. I heard this and it made me feel this way. And then communicating back and forth. But it's fucking hard, dude. It's hard in relationships. You, What about you, Jay? Moving in with a girl, what kind of stuff? Fuck yeah, I know. It's so different. Like, Because obviously you know my situation. I've tried to live with Anissa for like a couple times, you know, and it never ended up working out. But I think, too, like, I look back at it as, like, I was way younger and, like, I just wasn't as um, mature and ready to actually, like, move in. Like, that's a big commitment. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, yeah, like you said, you got to make sure you guys are communicating. I think the biggest thing for me, I always say, is my space, you know. I figured out, like, me as a person, I like my own space. I like my privacy. So I have to be able to communicate that with my partner. Like, hey, like, I need a couple hours to myself, you know. Like, do your thing. I do my thing. 
and and I think it too how you always say too like make sure you both guys have your interests and hobbies that you guys are doing outside of each other so you guys get real annoyed of each other real quick especially living together oh. oh yeah for sure for sure yeah that's a whole that's a whole different thing it's a whole different thing there's so many books though there's so many good books like Esther Perel and relationship books that you can read and and that'll teach you how to react to different things and how to bring up things that are maybe a touchy subject. There's so many good books from experts out there that you can read and look into. So today I'm going to go home. Actually, we'll maybe go with Wildflower after this. Wildflower Bread Company and grab ourselves a salad. Go home, possibly game a little bit, and then come tonight for uh, Gi Jiu-Jitsu and no Gi. You training tonight, Jay? Yep. Fuck yeah, we're going to have some good sessions tonight. And then what else? Do we have some trips coming up? I think April 22nd we might be going to Montana. Uh, Tommy McMillan might be fighting, and I might get another couple of my amateurs on here. And uh, Cron Gracie lives there, so hopefully we can get a, se- a session in. He does? In Montana? Cron Gracie lives what in Bozeman, heck? has his own academy. And he's preparing for a fight too, so maybe we can have him and Sean Spar. Maybe we can go up there and roll with him roll with him and then i'll make sure to do a vlog for patreon who's he coming back to he's, uh, he's coming still? he's coming back to it's a good match yeah it's in the ufc damn that's it they just announced it and he had a couple year layoff after cub swanson beat yeah, him up pretty bad <laughs> he had a couple year layoff opened his gym up there in bozeman so that might be good to go up there and then uh anything else anything else in the in the fight world really the MMA world? No, not really. I mean, besides that big card coming up next week, right? Is he? Yeah, that's going to be sweet. That's going to be real sweet. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed the pod. Remember, check out the free newsletter. It's it's pretty short. It's not a big, long, boring newsletter. It's, it gets straight down to business. Check it out. Um, and also, patreon.com slash Academy. I'm so thankful for all my supporters there and I I enjoy the Patreon and I enjoy building it up and I'm going to continue to do so. And then uh, I think we're at 40.1 thousand subscribers. So thank you for all, all the people that click, click the subscribe button. It helps out a lot if you just click that button. All right, guys, let's have a good week. Love y'all. Thank you, Frank. Okay. Bye-bye guys. <laughs>